Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. Hello and welcome to Songs That Changed You, the podcast where I sit down with a guest and discuss a song that has had an impact on their life. But today, something a little bit different. Not one guest, but six guests. Kind of. You see, we're roughly at the halfway mark of the year, and I thought we would look back on the first six months of Songs That Change You with six of my favourite guests. Six stories of wisdom and vulnerability from the amazing guests that we've had on. Today, you're going to hear from Spike Avery, David Hall, my wife Leah Grant, uh, Jessica Morris, Mary Nichol. And if you like what you hear, obviously, this is just a small little snippet of what they shared on their episode of the podcast. So go back in the feed, check out their episode and get the full chat. But let's kick it off with a man that I was absolutely honoured to be joined on the podcast, Boss Frog, the head of Red Frogs, Mr. Andy Goulet from episode 10. Well, mate, this is flashback big time to 70s, early 80s band. So this will shock. This is old, grungy 70s rock from Chicago uh, from a band called Res Band, a resurrection band, and they... Now, what they are, they actually live in a homeless shelter, this band, for nine months of the year and tour as a band for the other three. So they work with uh, homeless people in, like, a communal-type setting. Uh, so they're, like, the real deal. They live what they sing. They live what they they, they uh, talk about. And uh, I remember driving down on Logan Road or Bogan Road on the south side of Brizzy and past 7-Eleven or Sullivan, as we love to call it, and these little punk skaters were setting fire to these boxes down the side of this 7-Eleven. So that's all good citizens do. I get driving straight past. But I had this song and lock the doors. In my, yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and I had this song playing in my car, and uh, it was it had the lyrics like, "If you see a lame man, don't just walk on by. If you see a blind man, don't walk on by." And it's talking about see people less fortunate, you know, as as a person of faith or any person for that matter, any human in our society. Don't just walk on by. Don't neglect the ones everyone's neglecting. And it made it absolutely, I call it like a spiritual wedgie experience, mate, as it reefed me, undies over my forehead <laughs> type stuff. And I went, I had my skating in the back of my car. I also skateboard. I said, hey, turn your car around, Goulet, take these kids skateboarding. So I did that. I rocked into 7-Eleven, took these kids skateboarding, ended up starting skateboarding clubs, did five of them around Brizzy. That led into schoolies which led into this Red Frog thing. So uh, this song not only changed my life, but changed many people's lives. So the song is Walk On from Rez Band. Now, this song came out in 1985. It was on their album uh, Between Heaven and Hell. Talk to me about when you heard this song for the first time and what your life was like at the time. Yeah, look, I was a uni student uh, studying accounting at uni. 
uh, you know, fresh out of uni, but also uh, starting a bit of a church journey too. I sort of like come from a church background, but started to listen to uh, different artists that uh, come from a faith background. And, and uh, yeah, so this was a really new lot of music that I was listening to. And just really confronting lyrics, just challenging me. And, you know, we're pretty privileged in Australia. Mm. I come from a very, you know, privileged home and great parents and, you know, great upbringing. And we're so blessed in Australia. And we don't realise how good we have it. And I just really got challenged. It lies more than just my accounting degree, my mates, my Reds membership, my snowball trips, that it's actually about others as well. So this one absolutely nailed me about be about others, don't be about yourself, you bullfed. So, uh, so for me, this is my bit my wake up call and uh, enlightenment, which is really healthy as a nineteen year old, not getting caught up in selfishness and you know self living. Now we just live for ourselves, and we forget about other people on our journeys. From episode eight, it's Jessica Morris talking about Bethany Dillon's beautiful. I wanna be this album which spoke it wasn't just like mental health it spoke about your it spoke about your identity and as a young female especially in an environment where like I grew up in the 90s purity culture movement and I listen back to some of the music I listened to back then I'm like wow this is telling me that I'm a problem like that that as a female I'm a problem but I listened to this album and this song in particular and it reminds me that I'm a strong empowered young woman and that my body and my my mind wasn't a problem yeah. It wasn't something to be fixed. It was already enough. And so that, in a sense, I think paved the way looking at Bethany's music going forward because she actually, she would release albums in the coming years and then she nearly went on like hiatus for like a decade because she went and had kids. But then she started to release music again. And at this point, Bethany and I are about the same age. So I was like, this is cool. And she started to release music and she like directly addressed her own mental health issues. Um, She released a stunning album, All My Questions, and it talks literally about a diagnosis with obsessive compulsive disorder. She talks about this religious scrupulosity type thing where where she obsesses over religious thoughts and dynamics and, and practices. And I heard that album and it was full circle for me because I was like, that's exactly what 14-year-old Jessica needed to hear. Like the, the album she released then was what my heart needed. And now at like 32, I'm like, this is also my life today. It was so like amazing and profound to have a woman willing to go through that journey with me, even though we don't know each other and have never talked. It was just really, really cool. And so the, the songs that have started that journey for me, it started that love of like, I would say good Christian music. <laughs> From episode 14, it's Pastor David Hall with some interesting views on the place that music has in our lives. My son, last night, I'm playing my music and he's just sitting there, sitting there, and then he loses his mind. He's like, turn it off! And he's trying to... He can't handle it. He wants to listen to Planet Boom, Hillsong Young and Free. The next generation, yeah. A little bit of Ed Sheeran, Eli Taylor Swift, which is... uh, well, let's talk about that. How important is the the music, do you think, that we surround ourselves on a daily basis? You're, you're trying to raise young boys that in a faithful environment. Firstly, words were never first used for communication. They were actually used for creation. First time words that we know of were spoken, God said, let there be light, and, and something happened when he did that. And music was never actually created for entertainment. Its first purpose 
that we see his even if we take the Bible at its word, historically, the first record of music is worship. And I believe that, you know, what, what we listen to ha- has a massive impact on our spiritual life. And, you know, I'm not a legalist at all about, you know, you can absolutely enjoy enjoy things. And I'm not suggesting that, like, you have to listen to Ron Canoli every minute of every day. <laughs> Break it up. But but I, I do think you feel... You fill your house, you fill your car. Really do believe the presence of God's on that. You're singing songs that declare the truth of the gospel and, and the goodness of God. I, I, I think that has a, I don't think, I, I believe it's, it's a game changer. I, I, I try to fill my car with worship and praise and, you know, you, worship, you have a heart towards God in worship. It is amazing how a lot of your cares can subside. And I have a lot of cares, you know, and I'm sure people listening to the podcast have a lot of cares. And I do think when we worship God, that is one way we cast our cares on him. On episode five, we were joined by my wife, Leah Grant, to talk about Hillsong United from the inside out. It's a song that you can hear Joel's anguish. You can hear his emotions really come through when he's belting it out. Which I don't think you get as much in songs these days. Mm. There's sort of a little bit more plain and a little bit more, I, oh, I don't know, that might yeah. be unfair for me to say because you do look back in rose-coloured glasses on a time when you heard a song at a, at a big moment in your life, but you can hear the feelings coming through in the song. Oh, yeah, it's got such a slow build. And I can I can remember the room at youth group. Like, I can remember the, the lights were down. They were, it's darker than it, how it was at church and stuff. And it was just standing there and, and putting my hands in, up and just worshipping God and just feeling his presence and knowing that this is what, like, this is what I'm choosing for my life is I'm going to follow him. And even when it's really hard, <laughs> that, um, and even when I, um, even when I, fail like the first verse talks about a thousand times i failed it's okay take your time still your mercy remains should i stumble again and i love this bit it says still i'm caught in your grace like god is just um with you in those really hard times It goes on and says, everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades. And I just felt like at that point in my life, there was a lot that was out of my control. So my mum's illness was really, it was really hard to watch her going into care and visiting her in the nursing home. And it was hard not to have my mum there when I was a teenager and insecure and going through the stuff that a young girl would go through at high school. It did bring me closer to God in a lot of ways. I had to I had to lean on him. I had to go, God, this is this situation's bigger than me. I just cannot control this and whatever happens, I'm going to stand by you, God. I'm going to um, give it to you. I'm going to trust you and I still struggle with trust. I find trust is hard in in relationships like Uh, in friendships but with God as well like I just want to control my life I want to have a plan and I want to know what I'm doing and I know that I have to let go of all of that and we actually don't have control and we have to trust God 
On episode 7, Spike Avery from Sons of Korra talked about Steve Taylor's Jesus is for Losers and hearing it at exactly the right time in his life. I was in a state of um, incredibly upset. Was I was talking to a friend of mine at, at, at the time, I think we were calling him the youth leader or the youth pastor, which I was 15. He was like 18. It was a bit um, mm-hmm. a bit weird to put that much yeah. responsibility on this guy. But I remember I'd somehow made it to to his house and they, they lived on this big, beautiful property on this hill and right down the, the bottom of the hill, um, there was this uh, beautiful big tree by the by a dam, and I, I was I was down there and just sobbing uncontrollably. And um, uh, my friend Craig came to find me and asked, you know, what's wrong? What's happening? What's going on? And and I couldn't even explain to him. I, I said I can't explain what's wrong. I just everything's wrong. And he just just sat with me in my sadness, sat with me in my whatever was going on. And I don't know how he made this connection i i believe it was the um, holy spirit speaking through him i was a very new christian at this stage i'd come to faith in a very pentecostal charismatic really full-on super spiro kind of church and, uh-huh. and craig again i don't know how he made this connection but he said look a relationship with jesus and following jesus is not all about responding to the big altar call at the concert at the festival, at the church service, at the whatever. Your faith is not actually entirely lived in these incredible moments of joy and mercy and grace. The life of faith is a long walk. This is a long uh, a long journey of faith. And he said, and quite often a lot of it can be really sad and can be really hard. But being sad and being upset is not being away from Jesus. That was the first time I'd heard that. I went home after that and went went to my bedroom and still feeling pretty upset and pressed play on the old tape deck. And this song by Steve Taylor kicked on with Jesus is for Losers. And what he was saying suddenly, what the song was saying suddenly connected with what my friend, um, you know, this 18-year-old kid, this incredible wisdom that he just passed on to me, that Jesus was with me in that moment it wasn't that jesus was with me because everything was better again it wasn't that jesus was with me in my healing or that jesus was with me in my joy or my peace or anything that jesus was with me in the sadness that jesus was with me in the craziness it's a sick person who needs a doctor yeah it's a sinner who needs a savior not necessarily someone who has their life altogether this song i'd already heard i'd already known suddenly connected and snapped with real life yeah. in such an amazing way. Yeah. It's interesting. I think a lot of us come to faith and think, oh, my life's going to be all better now. It's all good. And that's just not the way it works. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not no, it's really not. But it's that naivety the... of not knowing. And then you, and then it's almost like, yeah, like this rude awakening that comes shortly after when it's like, oh no, that's, that's not the case. And that's like you said, Jesus is for those that need him. Yeah. Like a loser, uh, so to speak, for, for tying yeah, it all together. Yeah, that's a good word for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good word. And most recently on episode 16, Mary Nichol shared her story. Now, trigger warning, there is talk here of suicide, of self-harm, 
But it's such a powerful story that Mary shares of overcoming all of that. Yeah, so the song that I wanted to talk about today is a song called After the World by the band Disciple. And I chose that song because I feel like it's just been really foundational, like to me, for a really long time. I first heard the song back when I was a teenager, when it was brand new and it was climbing the Christian rock charts. And I didn't know about any of that. I was just a kid who was in a really dark, um, challenging situation. I was really depressed. I was suicidal. I was trying to recover from self-harm and an eating disorder. And I heard this song come on on my Pandora station, just talking about this unconditional, unshakable love of God. And to me, it was this vision of God that was really new to me at the time. It wasn't something that I had really thought about or dared to believe was directed towards myself. And I remember when I first heard it, just like absolutely sobbing. Yeah. And in those days, and this is this is heavy stuff, but in those days, again, I was trying to overcome self-harm. And I remember I would like lock myself in the bathroom with um, something that I planned to harm myself with. And then all of a sudden the song would come to my mind and I would start singing the lyrics to myself and put these blades on the counter and take my hands away from them, just singing the words of the chorus to myself over and over again until I felt brave enough to actually take the blades and then put them away and not harm myself. So it really became a way where it was like a way for the love of God to incarnate itself in my darkest moments and come alongside me. And I think it became special too because I remember seeing the music video. I like I just became obsessed with this song. I was like, I don't know what it is, but there's some vision being conveyed here that like I want to know more about what this band is about. So I looked up the music video and I remember seeing the lead singer and th- thinking, man, he must really believe what he's saying because you know the way that Kevin delivers the vocals. He's like belting it out like he does and he gets down on his knees at the end of the video and he's just really captured and captivated by this truth that he's singing about and i remember being like man if he can believe that maybe there will come a time when i can really believe this for myself too so really that song became crucial to me in those moments um, and has remained incredibly special to me to this day So this is not a song that changed your life. This is a song that potentially saved your life. Yeah, I think that could be like a more accurate, like and saved my life both in the very, very real sense and then also in the sense that it preserved some quality of life in me. Like it preserved this deep internal thing in me that had like been a fire that had dwindled to the tiniest of sparks and it kept that spark alive and then saved it preserved it fanned it back into a flame again and it's done that for me at other times in my life when i've been low and you know the man it's been like 17 18 years now since those days yeah and the song has just been with me like all through my coming of age this episode of songs that change you was recorded on the land of the ghana people each episode is produced edited and hosted by aiden grant that's me I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts 
Or if you want to get in touch, maybe have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidengee at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening.